0: Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! and Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg, and you know we're like Einstein over here. We have no special talents. We're just passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? men, we're talking about one of the miracles of manhood. Yeah, creating life, becoming a father. You know we have listeners young and old on here, so if you're young, take heed. If you're already a father, take heed, just simply because my guess is you have experienced many of these same emotions that I have. And we know in Genesis it says that Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and become one flesh. And that is profound. At the same time, in creating that union with the spouses, they are actually the son and daughter of a father who takes great delight in each individual. In that cleaving process that brings along your offspring can be one born of friction. It's two individual souls coming together, abutting one another, working through things so they can grab and then gradually hold on tighter. But it is that union that makes our children And it's very different, I would call it, very much akin to us being God's children. Because He takes the same delight in us as we do when ours come along. And I remember, I've heard it, I thought it was cliche, that when our daughter was born, I mean, man, my heart... Felt, I would say, more buoyant. Almost like this austere soul was melting. There was a care and tenderness to it that I had really never felt. And I knew that she would require that and eventually want it. It's so very unique, and I remember carrying her around. I mean, people would be looking at us, and you guys have probably had much of the same thing. I remember when she weighed over 100 pounds, and her doggone feet were hanging below my knees, but I was still carrying my little girl around, and... I was looking at, and what that was really the impetus for this episode, was I was looking at a Pew Research poll. And in 2017, I can only imagine what the data demonstrates now. 69% of fathers were troubled with the fact, many of them demonstrably so, that they simply... Did not have the ability and were not able to spend enough time with their children, although they would want to. Now, part of that reason, spit, black buffalo, was the deluge of activities we have placed our kids in. That can certainly be a hindrance as we're relegated to taxi drivers oftentimes. And really, it it depends on what your kid's interests are. And really, you need to make sure that it is their interest and not your interest. And we ferry them back and forth. It becomes mindless sometimes. And then you have to create routines to cater to those. But most of that hindrance for dads has always been work responsibilities But the dynamics of society have changed. And also, according to that research, many more dads, because there are dual income homes and or both fathers and mothers in the workplace, have taken a step back to care for their children. Born out of that concern of looking after them. Someone has to raise them. I mean, my God. I grew up, my dad had passed away right before I turned eight. My mom had pretty much taken off. And I can imagine the heartbreak that, and let's just, since it's a show for men, let's talk about, well, it's for, it's for sons and daughters. What is it like to have an apathetic dad? What is it like to have a too busy dad? What is it like to (laughs) have one of those dads? And as I hearken back, I can remember I was still so young, a volatile dad. One of those dads that when he walks in the door or even the imminent approach of that father and the house gets silent, the respirations get shallow, the heartbeats go on an uptick because they know that they are in store for something and or they need to gauge what is going on with dad so they best know how to act. Man, I guarantee you plenty of my listeners have experienced that. And that is not uh, one-dimensional for one sex, I can tell you that. You have ladies that can spark that exact same output from the people waiting for them. And I never wanted to be that for my kids. Moreover, I always wanted them to know that they were looked after. I would do anything for them. And certainly with my daughter, I probably did a bit too much. She was daddy's little girl and she was our first. And then we were gifted with our son. And I know that there are lots of parents out there who have never had children. And um, it is a blessing from the Lord, and we are to uh, mold them accordingly. And I think oftentimes we can substitute sidelines, i.e. a football sideline, outside perimeter, meaning the fence of a baseball diamond, whereby we're really just spectators as opposed to Their instructors walking shoulder to shoulder with them. That's something that needs to be corrected. I've enjoyed all these sports with my kids, but I know I could do better in shepherding them along, shepherding them along, excuse me, in experiences because I have so many more things that I want to experience with them. And, but we've done a lot of that too, but they're young. And they're curious and they're creative and they have unmatched energy and whatever you want to put in front of them, they're ready to go. That's what a dad is for. And I can tell you what kids oftentimes are so happy just to be there with their dads and to take part. It doesn't have to be anything superlative, just simply sitting there on the couch and talking laughing it goes a long long way man but yeah 69% of dads they um they're actually heartbroken that they can't spend enough time with their kids and did you know only 38% of dads according to the 2017 research and times have become ever increasingly complex both of these statistics may be skewed even further um, because people are having to work harder to make the same amount of money. But, yeah, that stability that you can proffer to your kids is indispensable. So I'll tell you one of the things that I did I mean, I was listening to a YouTube short of Shannon Sharp back in, his of course, The Great Tight End during one of his playing days. And he basically told the women that he would date, look, I can't be worried about you when I'm at work. I can't be distracted. I have to be 100% focused, locked in. When I'm at work, I'm at work. Then I come home, and many of you men you can acknowledge that very same tenant. And I mean, you don't carry your women and or your children with you to the office or to your field of endeavors, whatever it is, and and vice versa. If you have a working spouse, they shouldn't be carrying you along either. There is a distinction there. You are designed for output, and you are best suited when you can concentrate on that. But you know what? That is my advice, but I threw all that damn caution to the wind. At two years old, because I was on the road so much, coming and going and caring for our daughter the best I could during those couple of years after she was born, I said, the hell with it, ma'am. I bought a big RV, and I took her on the road with me. Had my wife and daughter with me for two years, a little bit more. I mean, we still had our homes here, a couple of rent houses by that time. But until she started school, she was with me when I went to work. And then later on even, um, this would have been further on probably, yeah, 06 through about, yeah, about oh five oh six or so. I bought a smaller RV that my wife could drive better. And by then, my business model had changed. I didn't have to quite hit the road as much, meaning I singularly had to handle all the accounts. I would send them out to other organizations and individuals that I'd cultivated around the country. Maybe that was 2006, 2007. And But when I would go out and work, I would also take them with me. I wanted her with me, and that would give us an opportunity. By then, I could kind of um, take a chill. We'd get the work done, and then all those places I would work also had a lot of amenities and cool spots to go to. And if I had passed them because I never stopped when I was running and gunning and on my own, that's where I would take them to have some fun. So, yes... Blessed in that capacity that I was able to work for myself and do that. But I didn't want to miss it. I never wanted my kids to know like I knew what it was like to not have a dad. And to let them know that they are loved, not because of anything that they have to do for me or themselves. Yes, there is accountability there. Yes, we can get disappointed with choices, but they are loved solely for the fact of their own uniqueness. Uniqueness being, it could be the tender heart that they possess. It could be their creativity. It could be their ingenuity. It could be their steadfastness when they approach something and don't give up. I mean... If you've just fallen into that trap of using words to foster affection with your kids, as they start getting a little bit older, that falls on deaf ears. They actually want to know why. Have you ever grabbed your babies and you just looked them in the eye and told them, I am proud of you and I love you? But as mine started to do, they would look at me kind of imploringly like, well, why, Dad? Tell me more. And so I would. I'd tell them some heartfelt descriptives, things that I noticed about them as I've been watching and been with them. And they seemed very content. It made a difference. And then our son came along and I tell you what, by the end of like, man, probably 17 and 18, I wasn't running and gunning like I was traveling back and forth, chasing all these guys and equipment. And by then, my daughter had gotten really good at volleyball, and that gave me the opportunity, man, to travel all around with her. And I would look around, though, because these sporting events, especially volleyball and travel volleyball, would occur, yes, on weekends, but at various times, at day and night, in different places across the country, and a lot of dads couldn't be there. And whatever team she was on, I tried to be almost like not the team mom, don't be saying none of that shit, but the team dad. Someone who could encourage all those girls. It was a highlight of my life. And then when my son really got into baseball, I wanted to be around him too, because I knew that bond was crucial a young man to his father and men make men, but guess what? They make women too. And Hey, I may not have known much about baseball, but I wanted to be more involved than simply being outside the diamond. That way I could be closer to him. And now it's time to take these experiences to a more heightened level. It's time now to just, they're a little bit older. Of course, we still have 114, but there's still so much growth yet to occur in the shaping of them and to teach them all of the lessons that we have been confronted with in our life. But mainly that God is their center and humanity for the most part, although it is a fallen humanity is typically good when you treat others that way. And so I can't tell you enough, man. If you have to, make some allowances and you will be richly rewarded and you will see it on the faces of your children. Because Lord willing, we have a long ways left to go with them. So... Just a little heartfelt message on the Comfortable and Chaos podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg, and we will be back with another message tomorrow. Do me a favor, guys. Hit me up with a review. Follow the show. I've started putting a little basic workout content on YouTube because functional fitness is everything. And if you're going to be adaptable... And energetic for these kids that we're talking about. You got to stay on the ball. They will keep you on your toes. Thank you so much. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast.